Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Today's episode, we're going to explore the feelings of disconnection and isolation that are often present on our healing journeys. If you've tuned into our last few episodes, we've discussed things such as self-love, self-sabotage, how to forgive, and what it is to take personal responsibility and why that's key in our healing. Now, the importance of referencing that is that as you listen, you haven't understood already, each of these things are very interwoven. Learning and practicing forgiveness is actually an act of self-love. And a lack of self-love, coupled with our very understandable existence living on this autopilot from the past, is what paves the way for self-sabotage to occur and to continue. This leads us to personal responsibility, or the act of becoming conscious to the reality that we can create choice in our lives. As adults, we are responsible for what we think, say, and do, whether we like it or not. Often, that acceptance of this personal responsibility, or even the awareness of it, if that acceptance still feels a bit too far off for your liking, can leave us with those feelings of disconnection, feeling like we're on an island, or isolated from what we've always known. Now, we don't usually think of isolation and disconnection as empowering. However, that's entirely up to our own conscious view. How we do or do not choose to reframe it in our mind is entirely up to us, no one else. So while we're experiencing these feelings of disconnection and isolation and naturally associating them with something negative or subpar, these feelings of isolation and disconnection are often actually our greatest opportunities for growth and transformation. I love that, Jenna, because I think for some of us, it's those feelings of disconnection, isolation. Some of us might even call it loneliness that have actually been part of our autopilot have been present for a very long time. We, when we think of, I think those words, I'm feeling disconnected, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling isolated, we automatically think, oh, it must be because something is missing in my relationships. However, I think for some of us, what is missing is our primary relationship, our foundational relationship with ourselves, where many of us aren't honoring our own wants and needs. So therefore, we're not showing up authentically in our relationships at all, which might make us then at our core, even if we have relationships around us, feeling that deep state of disconnection. So to speak to your point, for many of us, those feelings might initiate our healing journey and are definitely a part of it because we need to first connect with ourselves and rebuild that connection before we can truly and authentically feel connected to anyone around us. Right. How could you possibly feel connected to your neighbor, to your partner, if you actually don't know what that connection to yourself is? I know for me personally, it's almost as if that dark night of the soul or that really hitting rock bottom gets reignited again, especially now for me being in a relationship, not only with one person, but with two people, I'm now experiencing in a major way, this feeling of disconnection, this feeling of isolation, this person doesn't understand me. I'm completely misunderstood. When in reality, I have two people who love and see me very dearly, and it's my disconnection to myself. And this is coming from someone who, you know, I went through my dark night of the soul years ago. I hit that rock bottom. I did a lot of healing. And I did so much healing to get to a place now where I'm able to cope with and able to see all of the deeper, deeper wounding that I wasn't even 
aware was there, that now all rises to the surface, bringing back those same feelings of how could you understand? How could you really get what I'm going through? I feel completely isolated and disconnected. I think for me, you know, going back in time, I am that person I was describing earlier who never felt connected to really anyone around me, even though I had a lot of relationships. I had a lot of friendships. I was in romantic relationship after romantic relationship. So I had people, yet I had also at my core a deep hole. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't feel like you're describing connected to, understood, seen by other people, even though I had a ton of other people around me. What I came to understand was that if I went way back in time to my first earliest relationship with my primary caregivers, I was raised by people who were not authentically connected to themselves. So they didn't model for me how to learn how to identify my needs, how to know what I wanted in any given moment. So flash forward in time, part of my autopilot contained that same disconnection. I never learned how to factor my physical, my emotional, or my spiritual needs into any of my relationships. So I continued not to do so. I continued to show up not authentically. So of course I didn't actually ever feel truly connected to anyone that was around me. And that authentic connection is so important because while you're continuing to show up, being connected to those around you, thinking you're authentically connected because at first, authentic connection just seems natural. Okay, that's connection. Mm -hmm. If I'm connected to you, of course, that must be authentic. And we live in an age now where we are connected on a surface level more than ever, whether it's notifications, tweets, feedback, social media, emails. We are nonstop connected to all of these other people around us. And I know from my own personal experience, I mean, I... I grew up in New York. I moved to Boston right after high school. Then I moved to San Francisco for a year. Then I moved back to Boston for a few years. Then I moved to Denver for a few years. Then I moved to Los Angeles for two years, all entirely on my own each time. And now I'm in Arizona. And each time I built a new network with people, a network with amazing people that I loved, some that I still keep in touch with. And I've learned now reflecting at, at 34 that literally my entire life, I've been, yes, curious and adventuring and also running because in each new place, I'm quote unquote connecting, right? I'm building community. I'm building a network. And what I began to realize really up until now, now being in a committed relationship that is terrifying for me in, in so many ways, I'm seeing for the first time how much I've deeply struggled allowing someone else to actually connect to my heart allowing someone to actually see what feels like chaos and Armageddon inside my soul, that sort of internal battle that I'm like, no, I'm good. I can teach all of this. I know how to ground myself. I can move around. I can create connections and friendships. However, there has been such a struggle and a difficulty to actually allow someone in because there's truly been a mistrust that no, even though this person loves me, they can't possibly understand what it's like in my shoes. So it's much easier for me to just isolate, to disconnect, because in that disconnection, there's so much safety. And now being in a place where I do have beautiful mirrors, I do have two incredible partners who allow me to see that, I'm able to, to now see really the gift and the opportunity of 
no longer running, no longer running from what I thought I was connecting to, but instead now really being able to dig deeper and seeing that all of the things that are coming up are like a golden ticket or a golden key to my true access to heal. It is the most incredible opportunity that I have that, yes, comes with the most gut-wrenching, you know, makes you kind of want to vomit, doesn't feel good because it is painful, it is raw. And in the depths of that despair or that rawness or isolation is also my greatest access to seeing that crack kind of open and seeing all of that light pour in. So while I didn't move in the same way you did, Jenna, I still engage in a lot of what I call distraction, always keeping myself busy, which often meant socializing. If I had a free night in my calendar, that made me so deeply uncomfortable touching that depth of that aloneness that I felt in childhood. So the way I would cope with it, I'd make plans. If I didn't make plans, I'd call up a friend. What I noticed, however, what was I talking about? really surface stuff. For me, my surface go-to conversation with friends, my point of connection was stress. I'd complain. I'd go down the litany of things that weren't working. That was my point of connection that very much mirrored my earliest connections in my family based solely on stress. Now, as a reminder, there's a lot more feelings that make us the human that we are. That was such a limiting connection. So I call it surface. So like I said, I had people around. I was distracting myself. I was keeping myself busy, tuned out of that deep, dark feeling. If I'm busy, I don't have to feel how deeply alone I am. And I did that. I ran. I kept myself busy. And again, I kept myself in surface relationships that actually weren't fulfilling me at my core that looked very much like that earliest relationship I was in. And we do it because it's safety. If I look back at my childhood, it it was riddled with neglect and abuse and trauma. So that connection wasn't there. It wasn't there on a soul level or a heart level. So I found connection elsewhere. I, I really, truly found connection in nature. I was never home. I was just out in nature. And I think that for me is, it is my most grounding force. It is my solace. It is the thing that I felt in some way silent or not, that I could connect to. Because at home, there was, you know, an environment around me. There were people around me. So I learned that, okay, well, that's connection. Having a human near mm -hmm. you is connection, right? There wasn't actually connection happening. There was this superficial connection kind of reverberating around me. But my heart and my mind, my body, my soul, none of that nurturing. Connection in itself, in its truest form, is nurture. It's connection and nurture to another's heart and soul, even if that's the heart and soul of nature. So as a child, that inner wisdom that children have directed me to nature. I know that nature has a heart and soul. I know it's the same heart and soul that's also within me. So I found that solace. And as an adult, we're surrounded in a world of 7 billion plus people, right? You can't just continue to run to nature to find that. Regardless, whether you choose to or not, all of your days and inner workings have to deal with other people. And it is very humbling and very sobering as an adult to realize, oh my gosh, I've gone my entire life feeling this safety in this isolation. I was determined to be a single parent. I was determined to be alone my whole life, not in a negative way, 
but because I trusted no one else. And I found so much safety in that disconnection and isolation because that's what I learned from my caregivers. I learned that my safest space was for me to be disconnected and away from them. So very similar to you, keeping myself safely distant from my partners. For a very long time, I didn't, I wasn't aware of the role that I was playing. The reason why I went from one romantic relationship to another was because I was tuned into, to some extent, that lack of fulfillment. I felt that emotionally something was missing, though I did what I think a lot of us do. I assumed it was of a fault of my partner. This person can't meet me at the depth that I'm interested in, must find a new partner. And again, I didn't realize that I was kind of doing the thing, come close, yet holding my hand up and pushing the person right away. Because very similar to you, distance was safety for me. So how do we begin to do the work? We're talking a lot about you know, authentic needs and, and honoring ourselves and rebuilding a connection to ourself. For a lot of us, that means beginning to just ask ourselves the question of what do I need? When those feelings of disconnection, when that feeling of isolation comes up, really exploring what could be happening in terms of a need, a want, what am I missing right now? And again, instead of saying, oh, well, my partner needs to do this or stop doing this, really focusing on what I can do in that moment. That's the first step of rebuilding the connection with ourself that will then extend outward into our relationships. So really, what is the point then of us just explaining what this isolation is or disconnection is or why that is, where it does come from, gives us a beautiful contrast of where then it can go without understanding that isolation, without understanding that experience or why we're there, we'll never be able to understand or choose where we want to go or where we could go. So even in those greatest depths, I think of my childhood in particular, the, the greatest pain that was felt there, the depth of that pain is also the height of the healing and the joy and transformation that I can create for myself. Now, it's not set in stone that that's my destiny that I'll get there. It's also not set in stone that it's my destiny that I'll stay cycling in the past. And I want to highlight here that neither are right or wrong. If I'm to choose to stay in autopilot and just relive the same habitual patterns of the past, recycle the same thing with my new family, there's nothing wrong with that. It, however, isn't the life that I want. I think that for many people listening, you're listening here because you're on your own journey, because you're looking to heal and transform yourselves or even just understand yourselves to build something that you're actually consciously creating versus something that you just inherited and have to go through the motions of. So understanding where it comes from is also understanding the opportunity that it is. There's nothing that happens to us in this life for no reason at all. It is up to us to find the lesson and the opportunity and really the gift of the experience that happened. When we understand that, we are able then to choose and to dictate what we make of it, how we reframe it, how we choose to view it, and then how we consciously choose to move forward with it. And in terms of becoming conscious and then making that next choice, making that daily commitment, making that moment in your day to then actualize on a new choice that honors your individual, your personal needs, understanding that that too will be unfamiliar. 
So it will feel uncomfortable. This will be a new experience. I know for me it was. As I began to more authentically honor myself and my needs, I actually saw a very objective disconnection happening in some of my relationships. I didn't participate in them in the same ways that I had in the past. So I actually had more space for those new choices to honor myself. And even in doing so, it felt uncomfortable. It felt weird for me not to be socializing. I felt guilty for separating myself from some of my oldest relationships. Yet that is how we rebuild that connection to ourselves. We show up honoring consciously those choices for ourselves first before, again, we can even show up in our relationships honoring those choices, which is the second bridge that brings another whole batch of discomfort. As much as I desperately wanted my hole to be filled, as much as I desperately want it and want still to be deeply connected to someone, that is the most terrifying thing for me. And now I have two someones with open hearts that scare me, quite honestly, a lot of the time. So again, even as adults, this the depth of this wounding, these patterns are so deep that even though logically here I am, I have two humans now willing to show up and to deeply connect with me just as I always wanted, I still find myself holding up that hand and fleeing for safety. We do. We all Mm -hmm. run. I run. I pack a backpack and just want to go and leave the house and twiddle my thumbs and come back and realize I don't actually want to leave. There is such an old ingrained part of me that does so much so that it lives in my body. It lives in my cells. It's in my nervous system. It's my comfort. It's what I've always known. So it does take a lot in those moments. You know, when my heart starts racing, I can feel my whole body tingling. And all I really want to do is explode and go get a hotel, go to China. I want to run away. Quite literally, that's how it feels. And in that moment, I've learned and continue to still learn to really snap my fingers and realize, okay, that's a physical feeling you're feeling in your body. And you have to give yourself compassion and love, Jenna, because how could it not be in your body? You spent an entire life being neglected or abused or not even being acknowledged. You've parented and raised yourself. So of course it's going to show up like that. Of course it's fearful. Of course there's safety in me being disconnected or going off to an island because if I do that, then I'm the only one responsible for one, my own happiness, but also my own suffering and my pain. I get to be in control of it. So while it might seem ironic that, you know, we're talking about the opportunity of growth through isolation and disconnection and what are those steps then to see that opportunity, to see that contrast, to grow. And it kind of makes me giggle. One of the best things that you could do or that I know I can do for me is to actually go be alone and not to go be alone while I'm surrounded by a bunch of people and dictating my external experience to actually choose to go and sit with myself in reflection because I'm choosing me, not because I have my backpack packed because I'm upset with Nicole and Lolly and I want to run away. No, because I want to go and take that time to sit with Jenna, to ask myself what it is that I need, to even understand myself, maybe to let all of the anger come up, maybe to let the sadness come up, maybe to cry it out, but to give myself and honor myself the actual time 
to learn what it's like to build a relationship with myself instead of having a relationship with myself because it came from straight survival. It was easier to go alone in nature because I was running away from abuse at home. Now, when there's not abuse at home and things are calm and peaceful, but these old patterns and this generational trauma is still coming up in me, it's a different reframe and it makes it more challenging at those times to be really ruthlessly committed and regimented to take that time to go sit in nature now very consciously to breathe, to ask myself those questions. I think what's really beautiful in, in that sharing, Jenna, is you're describing the shift, same behavior, right? But the shift from reaction, I'm doing this to, I'm detaching, I'm dissociating, I'm disconnecting, I'm running away to keep myself safe because that's what I've always habitually done. Shift, same behavior, I still make the same choice, though I'm doing so from that empowered place, from a choosing. And similar to you, like I was describing earlier, I would feel downright panic, nervous if I had even an hour alone. Now for me on my journey, it was cultivating the security in myself, learning how to be with myself for that hour, for that day even, even if I did have the opportunity to choose to be around someone else. And then let's expand that even further. How can I still honor myself in relationship when my needs are different from the people around me? Can I still be a self with different needs in any given moment, even if they differ from those around me, which might mean I need a day to be quiet. I need a moment to do something different, even if I'm living the same experience with others around me. And for me, how can I be safe in that separate self? Because very similar to you, I felt when, I, when someone was present, I felt connected to how can I carve out a separate identity even with someone else present? And it, it really requires, if you are around partners or a partner or people, honesty and communication because there still are times where myself or Nicole or Lolly will go just, you know, take time to themselves or read or write. And we, we won't have announced it. We'll just go and do. We all live in the same house and there often is a concern, you know, so-and-so is over there reading and it's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Is something wrong? Something the matter? Or I walk into another room or I go take a bathtub and it's, are you all right? It did something happen? Because for all of us, the first concern that comes up is, is not that isolation of, you know, isolation really gives it a kind of a negative connotation. And none of these are moral. None of these are good or bad. It's that separation, though, that immediately brings up a concern. It brings up a fear, which makes sense because that fear is literally living in ourselves. It's living in our nervous system. So it's up to us to then train and practice ourselves out of it. And the, one of the biggest things for that is communication, is simply just asking, you know, are you okay? Okay, yeah, just, just reading a book, no mm -hmm. big deal. Okay, cool. And those are the building blocks of learning that, you know, these are my needs. These are your needs. And it's an opportunity to understand one, your own, and then also the people around you. This is a beautiful place to bring it all full circle. It is through honoring yourself authentically, whatever your needs might be, and allowing those around you, whether they're friends or romantic partners or family or whomever they, they might be, to be authentically who they are. Only then, when you have two people authentically being themselves, can you actually feel truly emotionally connected, ultimately decreasing those deep feelings of disconnection, of isolation, 
and of loneliness. Only when we're again connected to ourselves, being ourselves, and allowing those around us to be who they are, can we actually have that deep connection that we're all looking for. And that connection to ourself is so easily one of the most forgotten things. We make statements all the time, you know, I'm alone, I'm lonely, I'll never be with anyone. And the truth is, even if you are in a room entirely by your physical human self, you are never alone. To say that anyone in this world is alone actually is not true. You are always with you. You are a someone. And it's something very specific just to listen to that language. When you're declaring I'm lonely or I'm alone, you're also then subconsciously declaring that yourself, your whole value, your you is not in existence. It is not worthy. It's not present. So when even you are just by yourself, you are never alone. No human is truly ever alone. We are always in our own presence, which is why we focus so much on acknowledging our presence, acknowledging that there even is a presence itself, and then really getting to meet that person, meeting that inner child, meeting that inner adult you, spending time alone while we're talking about disconnection and isolation, actually take that time to go be with your physical self alone. Ask yourself those questions, journal, close your eyes and just reflect and realize that the alone, I'm using quotes, that you're with is actually you yourself. You're with you, not ever alone. I absolutely love that point, Jenna, that ultimately none of us are ever alone. We are with ourselves in our own presence. One of the most inspiring things about this whole self-healer community is the opportunity to then extend that connection to other authentically expressed humans. For me, it was one of the biggest motivators to even get online was to find the other people on a similar journey. And now, needless to say, we are a global community and we are all souls on a journey. We are all learning how to authentically be ourselves. And for many of us, it's within this community that we can practice experimenting with this new way of being. Speaking of community, you are one of the ways that we help spread the word about this community. So we appreciate everyone out there who has taken the time to share a review on any of the platforms with us, um, sharing what you like about this podcast and also helping to give context to other listeners. This is how the message of self-healing spreads. This is how our community continues to grow. And this is how we can find those authentic connections that we are all deeply looking for. So if you don't feel comfortable leaving a review itself on one of the platforms, if you feel called to share these episodes, share any of the work on your own social media, we would be so greatly appreciative. I know this has reached so many new listeners who have never heard of us or our work or what we're doing before, and it's resonated so deeply with them. And this is a program and a podcast that we are so committed to funding ourselves, doing ourselves, remaining ad-free so that we can continue to provide value for you. So we do cherish and love hearing your feedback and your sharing. Thank you, as always, for listening and tuning in, and we can't wait to connect with you next week.